Willpower, can we strengthen it? And if so, how? The Restless Midlifer podcast. Get health, weight, and life back on your terms. Hi, welcome to episode 115, and it's the new year. It's 2024, and what I thought would be useful would be to, um, to in the context of New Year's resolutions, setting about embarking on goals, is to explore this issue of willpower and touch on motivation and inspiration as well. And how do we, how can we leverage them effectively as part of our overall effort towards achieving a goal, a given goal? Now, the people I work with, and my own interest is in particularly midlife health transformation and weight loss, weight management. So if we have some significant amount of weight to lose, whether it's two, three, four, five, six, whatever stone, then we need a, a number of things to come together uh, including uh, effective long-term vision, shorter-term goals, and some sprout-sized actions, as I talk about in, and I've talked about all of that in previous episodes. But th- what I want to do is focus on these three aspects: the willpower, the motivation, and inspiration, to see how they can play into it, and also to cover off, I guess, some of the the mistakes, mistaken beliefs, or the over-reliance we might place on those three al- elements of it. So we'll get into that shortly, but. For those of you watching on YouTube, firstly, thank you. It's great to have you uh, watching. If you haven't already, would you subscribe to the videos? Firstly, so that you can, I can sort of build my numbers and, and get more reach, that would be great, but also so that you don't miss future episodes of the podcast and future snippet videos and also because I'm publishing a lot of videos uh, on the channel and uh, it just helps you stay, uh, stay on top of them. So that would be great. And also, if you like this video, like the content, then please like the video uh, and leave a comment. Leave me a comment on what your thoughts are, any questions, any feedback, or any ideas on what you'd like me to cover. I'm really trying to build the the um, impact in the community on YouTube. So it'd be really nice to hear what you really want to uh, learn, what you benefit from, so that I can, I can provide that content for you. So that would be great. Okay, so... Firstly, thing before we get into uh, willpower, motivation, inspiration, what I want to do is just ask you where you are with your new your New Year's resolution. Um, now, you may be somebody who's thought, "I don't bother with them. I don't believe in them. They're a waste of time, or whatever." And that's fair enough because I have my own issues with the whole idea, the whole how we big up these New Year's resolutions. But what I do want to do is get real. Most of us get reflective towards the end of a year, don't we? And um, in that reflection, we start to think about what I haven't achieved in the last year, what I really want to achieve in the next year. And there's perhaps a, there's something about psychologically about the idea of a fresh start that a new year poses or presents to us. So I think it's natural that many of us will do this. The trouble is, as we know, with New Year's resolutions and perhaps a lot of goals, whether it's a weight loss goal or whatever, we can we, we set ourselves set out to have the to to achieve the goal we come up with some ideas and some actions and we have a lot of motivation and we feel inspired to do it but come the new year life is no different let's be right it's perhaps a bit colder for some of us you know in the weather the weather's not great dark nights that kind of thing depending on where you are and because of that the motivation and inspiration doesn't carry us very far and that's the challenge it's how do we sustain it how do we keep going and how do we achieve our goal? And I've talked about lots of things from the all or nothing mindset, something that I'm going to come back to because although I've been quite negative about or down on the all or nothing mindset and how it can undermine our efforts, I'm also going to do a little episode on 
in praise of the all or nothing of mindset and where it can be useful and how we can leverage that. So I'll come back to that. But it's things like the all or nothing mindset, you know, life gets in the way, the stresses of daily life get in the way and start to undermine the, the intentions that we have and the efforts that perhaps were a little unrealistic given real life happens. And that's pretty much where um, a lot of my work is how do we develop something life-proof and sustainable to move you towards your goal and ultimately your longer-term vision by doing it anyway, despite the challenges of life. Which brings me on to willpower, motivation and inspiration. And I'm, I'm going to develop a little metaphor that I have used around um, when I've sort of talked about motivation in the past. Um, and that of getting in your car and using first, second, third gear. So think of a manual car um, for this. And I'm going to frame these and I'm going to start with inspiration, then motivation, and then I'm going to specifically focus on willpower because I think that's where there is um, a real opportunity for us to develop and strengthen that based on a lot of uh, real research that's, uh, that's out um, that can really indicate how we can develop that willpower. But if you think about it, let's start with inspiration. Now, we've all probably had some feelings of ins feeling inspired, whether we've listened to a piece of music that inspires or moves you, uh, you hear an inspirational speaker, you watch a Rocky montage on YouTube, something like that, you see David Goggins running along and he's, he's um, effing and jeffing and telling you you just need to get out and do it. Whatever it is, you can feel inspired can't you, to do something. And I think that's great because for me, inspiration is a bit like putting the key in the ignition of the car. It's putting the key in the ignition and starting the engine. But that's all it is. Because the thing about inspiration is it'll pass. It'll pass and all it can do is start the engine off. Kick those sparks in the engine, get the pistons going, that kind of thing. Um, and it, that's as much as it can do. Because it is a, it's an emotion. It's based on emotions. It's based on the ups and downs, the ebb and flow of our emotions, and it can be triggered by something like a video of David Goggins running along, or um, a piece of music, or seeing a photograph of us ten years ago when we were a little bit younger, thinking I would like to get back that. Whatever that is, we can feel inspired, but it passes. We need more than that. So that's inspiration in its place. It's a valuable thing. It's a thing that can help harness hope, harness the Pull to get pulled down the dreams that perhaps you put on that shelf, dust them off and think, yes, I want to. So it can be really powerful. But we need more than just putting the key in the, in the ignition and turning on the engine. We need the gears. And that's where the whole range of things come into play. Planning, setting the goal, looking down wise and motivation, which is what I want to come on to now. And, you know, things like identifying the actions, the habits, the rituals, routines to work on consistently over time. And again, I've talked about a lot about it and I'll continue to talk a lot about it on uh, podcast episodes coming up as well. But if we think about the gears, the gears represent a lot of, a, a lot of those different tools and resources that we can tap into psychologically, emotionally, physically, and you know, in terms of directionally, where we're going to go, what we're going to do, what we're going to navigate, how we're going to navigate our journey. And if you think about motivation, so we've had inspiration, turn the key, stick the key in the ignition, turn it. Motivation, I like to think of as that first gear. It's that where we kind of have done a bit of work around our why. Why does this matter to me? Why am I even embarking on this goal? How does it fit into the bigger picture of my life? And I, I always talk about this with my clients. Is what's the bigger picture, the vision for your life? 
what you would you like the, to 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 be in say two three five ten years time i've spoken about mine before mine is and it's still the same one from when i was 45 or 53 now um at time of recording is to be fitter at 66 than when i was at, at 45. now i already am but that's because of the consistent action i've taken and this is the thing the longer term vision for that 66 is the why is because my daughter rosie is going to be 21 then and I realised at 45, I may not be there the, the way I'm going. I'm not going to be in any fit state to enjoy it. What am I going to be like conditionally, physically, psychologically, whatever? And I decided, right, I want to be fitter. And that was a strong why. It's a strong why to work towards. But there is also the working away from. And this is where I think doing the work on the motivation side, the why, is really important to consider both the positives. What am I working towards? What am I aspiring to? Why does it matter to me? At 66, I want to be dancing around celebrating my daughter's 21st birthday with the rest of my family, my other daughter, uh, my, my son and grandkids, that kind of thing. I really want to be as fit and healthy, God willing, as I can be. So that's a really powerful draw. But the other side of it is, is flipping the coin is I'm also very cognizant of my age. And this is the thing about midlife as I think. We get to a, a particular realisation. It's not necessarily an age Thing. You don't hit it at a particular year, but I think many of us hit it around that late 30s, early 40s, late, late 40s time where we realise life is passing by and there's perhaps more behind me than in front of me. Or feasibly that could be the case if I don't do something about my health, which is why I'm so focused on the health side of things for me personally and the people I work with. And I think this is the thing, the moving away from what am I moving away from? It's a, a really powerful, they can be really powerful motivators. So for me at 45, it was realizing drinking too much, I'm eating all the wrong stuff, I'm overweight, my cholesterol's high, blood pressure's pretty good, it always has been, but our cholesterol's pretty high, that's scary. What am I gonna be like? And I'm, I'm out of breath when I reach the top of the stairs. Um, what am I gonna be like come 66? What am I gonna be like at 50, never mind 45? And it was a real wake up call to think, I need to do something about it so I can move away from these risks. The where I am now, the frustrations of where I was then, you know, drinking too much, not feeling great, you know, tired all the time, the frustrations of that time, but also the worries and the fears of what, how much worse it could get. So about moving away from and moving away to provided real strong motivation. And I think it's really worth doing some work around that um, journaling, just thinking about it from that, moving away from and moving towards in the bigger picture so that we can then set a goal that moves us in the direction of that vision, moves us in the direction of travel. And, it, and it's all this journey type visualization here that I'm talking because if you think about it, you're getting in a car to head on a journey. If you're going on a journey, you need to know your destination. You know where you're going. I mean, I know sometimes it's nice to get in a car and just go for a drive. That's fine. But in this particular instance, we're looking to have a destination. That destination is that vision. And what we need, as well as that then, in terms of the destination, are some shorter term goals, i.e. some checkpoints, some, some milestones along the way. You know, when I get there, I'm traveling half the country to get such and such, I'm gonna stop over at, I'm gonna spend time there, I'm gonna visit such and such. Those are our goals. And this is where having the goals can really start to firm up our sense of motivation. I can do this. It can actually boost our you know, feeling inspired. And no, I've got this, I've got this. I'm really up for this goal. 
So that motivation for me is a bit like the first gear in the car. You know, put the key in, we've turned the ignition, we are using the first gear to pull away, to get moving. And perhaps we even use it along the journey to get us up that hill. You know, we tap back into the why when we see a big hill, a big challenge. We think, oh, I don't know if I can do it. Not this is important, I'm going to do this. Or we need to navigate an obstacle. We hit a bit of traffic and we need a bit of patience. We just need to hang on in there. That's when getting back into first gear may just help us navigate at that slower speed, but it needs a little bit more torque to get us through. So I think motivation is it's really powerful. But again, if you use the analogy of the first gear, we don't drive the whole journey. We don't go the whole, the whole you know, we don't reach the destination by driving com uh, continuously in first gear. It's just not practical. It's not feasible. Burn out the engine. It's not something that we can do. And it's not something that we're wired to do. We can tap into the motivation, the why, when we need to, but it's not really feasible to rely on it as our fuel as for the whole journey. And this is where there are a lot of other things I want to talk about willpower. And again, this is not the only gear. This is another low gear thing for me. This is the, you know, if we think about um, embedding habits, getting them so that they're almost automatic, we don't need to think a lot about them. That's more like your higher gears, your cruise control, you're in gear four or five and, you know, or even six or whatever, you're, you're cruising along and the habits are taking care of life for you. You can get on and live life, you can more set it and forget it type of approach. But we need to sometimes go back down to the gear one to, to remind ourselves of why, but we also need to recognize the value of willpower. And for me, that's gear two, for example. Willpower is really that sense of drive and determination, that feeling of, you know, I'm getting after it. So being tenacious, being persistent, keeping at it, even when we don't want to, even when our why fails us. Because there will be a time when, no matter how hard you try to think of why this matters, it doesn't matter in that moment. You feel like, oh, I, yeah, I don't care about what I'm trying to achieve. I really don't care. And we lose our sense of why. And we, we, we struggle to find inspiration. So it's about what do we do then? And this is where willpower, I think, can be a real superpower for us. Because willpower effectively is the ability to do it anyway. The ability to do it anyway. To do it even when you don't want to. To do it when you don't feel inspired. To do it when there's no motivation. And to do it when it feels like it's not automatic. It's not It's hard. It's something I don't want to do. It's not set. It's not a set and forget habit. I need to just do this anyway. Because it's a habit, a ritual, a routine or something. An action I need to take or do in order to move me in that direction. And if I don't do it, once may be okay. But if I don't do it twice, three times, four times, I'm not going to get to where I need to get. I'm not going to embed this habit, ritual or routine as, a, as something that is easier without that effort. And again, that's where willpower becomes really powerful. But it has its place. It's not about driving in gear two for the whole journey. It's not about relying on pure, solid willpower for the whole journey. Because again, how exhausting would that be? It would be grinding, exhausting, draining, and not realistic. We're not going to do it. So we need to be aware that Willpower is effectively a resource or a, an approach, a mindset that we need to recognize we need to have for those times when 
we struggle when we need to just do it anyway. We need to just get out of bed and do it. We need to get to the gym and just do that session, even though I cannot be bothered. Um, I've had a bad day and I can't be asked to. Whatever it is, we need willpower for that. So it's not something we're going to rely on, but it is one of those lower gears we need to tap into. So the question is, how do we, how do we develop that sense of willpower? I think some of us, can, we can be pretty much inclined to, to tap into inspiration when we need it and get something from that. We can be good at tapping into our why. But what about that willpower? Doing it when we don't want to. Doing it anyway. How do we develop that? How do we, how do we strengthen that so that it's something we can do? And this is, this is the thing to worth reflecting on. I would ask you to reflect on this. How many times have you set yourself an intention to do something? <laughs> For me, perhaps get up at 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. and I'm going to, whatever it is, I'm going to journal, I'm going to go for a run, I'm going to do whatever. It might be, I'm not going to drink, or I'm not going to snack, or I'm not going to, I'm just not. And we set ourselves an intention. How many times have we done that? How many times have you done that and not followed through? And I guess the question, answer will be more often than not, or, or quite a bit. For me, it's definitely been, and it's still a work in progress. It's definitely something that I struggle with. Setting an intention for some things, not everything, because I like to think I've got that integrity. I will fulfill other people's, you know, if I commit to somebody else, that kind of thing. So it's interesting how we do it in different contexts in our life. But is there an area in your life, and a particular focus around this is, is your health, where <clears throat> you struggle to really fulfill that commitment to yourself to do it and if the answer is yeah that I do struggle then it's not about getting feeling hopeless or useless because this is the challenge when we do fail to do that what do we do we, we tend to do we tend to firstly beat ourselves up for it criticize ourselves be hard on ourselves and then doubt that we have the ability to do anything different to actually have the strength to do it to get up at 6 a.m I've just not managed this last month. I never seem to be able to get my ass out of bed at 6 a.m. What makes me think I'm going to do it tomorrow? And we start to build a story that not only injects doubt into it, but confirms the fact that we can't. And it can then have a sense, excuse me, it can then have an impact on our sense of integrity, sense of personal belief in ourselves, and I guess ultimately on our sense of self-worth um, and self-efficacy, our belief in our ability you know, that we can do certain things and we are capable of. So if that's you, then fear not or don't lose hope because I think some, there's probably known by, you know, we kind of know this. There's, there are people out there like the David Goggins of the world, I guess, um, who know that actually the, the practice of doing it anyway develops the, the ability to do it anyway. So what I mean by that is the practicing of just doing the thing you don't want to do will strengthen your ability to do the thing you don't want to do. Now we've kind of, you know, it's it's written in motivational law. These you know, these outliers, I guess, like David Goggins, or people who who will do something despite and then build a routine. They know it. I know it in certain areas of my life. But what's really interesting is that there is some really great research coming out from neuroscience that that really pinpoints the the fact that this is part this is an actual physiological neurological part of our um, brain so the um, anterior mid cingulate cortex which is a part of our brain and again we don't need to remember the name is a part of our brain which is very much geared towards 
this idea of determination, tenacity, and willpower. It's a physical thing. It's not just uh, something we say or, or pure psychology. It's a, it's a neurological fact. In our brain, there is a part of our brain that's dedicated to getting us to do something even when we don't want to do it. And that part of the brain can shrink or grow depending on how much it is challenged, tested, and pushed. How much we are challenged, tested, and pushed. And the only way we do that is by doing the thing we don't want to do, doing it anyway. And in doing that, it challenges and grows that area of the brain. So we do develop a greater capacity and greater tenacity, greater willpower, if you like, to, to do that thing. So what am, I, what am I saying? Because I'll kind of introduce some neuroscience there in a very rough and clumsy way. What I'm saying is that <clears throat> the practice of doing something even when you don't want to is something we can harness in order to get better at doing the things we don't want to more often and more consistently. And how do we do that? Well, we could go all out and say, right, no, come hell or high water, I'm getting up at six o'clock tomorrow morning and I'm going to do it. But if it's repeating the same old story, then tomorrow it risks me not doing it. Now, there is a way to, you know, there are ways we can break that down. We can chunk that six o'clock, get up at uh, and go out for a run, for example, into smaller sprout size challenges. So let's say, I don't want to get up at six, but I hear the alarm. I'm going to take a breath and I'm just going to get up. That's the first thing I'm going to do is put my feet on the ground. And that's all I'm going to do. That's a success. And what I'm not going to do is get back in the bed. So that's one way of chunking down the challenge into something that's more manageable and that your brain at that time, future Dave doesn't want to do it, but future Dave can go, all right, all right at the very least, I'm going to put my feet on the ground and I'm going to sit on my bed and not do anything more than that. I'm not going to put any pressure on to expect any more than that. That is a way of shrinking down the, the unpleasant, the, the hard thing that I really don't want to do into something smaller, sprout-sized, that I can kind of handle in the moment. And that gets to the heart of how do we develop that sense of tenacity, determination, and willpower. We do it through um, mini sprout-sized challenges or things that we really wouldn't do or don't want to do um, day to day. So what I mean by that is that if, for example, you want to get back to the gym, you want to start to get more active, you want to get more, you know, go out for a run, etc. But that is too big a leap. Now, you could beat yourself up for not doing it. You could get there once or twice, but say, I never seem to stick at it. You, can full, you could fuel that narrative. Or you could go into second gear and think, right, well, what is the small sprout-sized version of something that would be tough to do, that I don't really want to do, but it's not it's small enough that I can push myself because the this anterior mid-cingulate cortex is operational enough to help me with getting through that small suck, as, as Andrew Huberman, Professor Andy, Andrew Huberman would say on the Huberman Lab podcast, uh, mini sucks. I call them daily acts of defiance, which I'm going to come on to very shortly. But the idea is we shrink down the thing that we want to do to achieve into something really small, and we do that anyway. And if it's too big for that, we shrink it down a little bit smaller. But it has to be something we don't want to do. And we need to be able to push ourselves and prove we can do it. Because it's in the act of doing something we don't want to do, despite how we feel, despite the emotions, despite the resistance, whatever, that really stimulates and um, develops 
that part of the brain that supports developing our willpower muscle, for want of a better phrase, um, to help us get better at it, to then be able to take on bigger challenges, to then get feel more stronger, more confident, to have that inner sense of integrity that, you know what, when I set myself something, I will do it. So you don't, you, you move from somebody who says, I never seem to, you know, I set myself an intention, but I've never seen it follow through to somebody who says, yeah, set myself the intention, I always do it. And that's a bit of a journey, but it is through that development. So how can you do that? How do we do that? Well, first things first, if we're talking, you know, it's New Year's resolutions or a new goal or whatever, it is, as I've said all the way along through my, through my podcast, it is about recognizing we have the goal. The goal may be big, you know, to run a marathon, to run a 10K, to lose two stone, to... Um, to just get back to the gym, to start training, whatever it is, whatever the goal is. The goal is something that is shorter term, that fits into the vision, but the goal is simply the direction of travel, that first part of the journey, the first leg of the journey. And we need to then chunk it down into sprout-sized actions, habits, rituals, and routines. There may be one or two one-off actions, like book a membership at a gym, download the Couch to 5K app um, so that it's on my phone, but there are day-to-day things I need to do to move towards it. And that's where we need to go down to the level of the sprout. And we need to identify what is, where are the sticking points? So it's all very well, I'm motivated. I'm going to get out today because, you know, I'm really motivated. It's the first day of the of the new year. I'm really motivated to do it. But what about day 10 when I really don't want to? It's cold, it's miserable. I've had a crap day, a crap night's sleep, and I do not want to do it. What do I do then? And where will be the sticking point? And then set yourself a challenge and pick one thing. Don't don't pick too many things at the moment. But if you're going to get used to this, start to pick one or two things where they're really small, sprout-sized habits and say, right, I'm going to do that and commit to that and that only. Because we don't want to overcrowd and overwhelm ourselves. We want to give ourselves that, that time and that space to develop this sense of, I have this ability to have willpower and commitment. I can do. I do do what I set out to do. Um, so examples might be, um, I'll get up at six o'clock in the morning. I'm going to get up at six o'clock. Yes, I want to do the run. I want to do this. I want to do whatever it is, whatever we intend to do. But you know what? Six o'clock in the morning, what I am not going to do is press snooze. And what I am going to do is put my feet on the floor and not lie back down. And that might be a small enough suck, mini suck, difficult, challenging thing that you don't want to do that you know that future you will not want to do in the morning, but that you practice doing that. And here's the thing. You don't focus on the result you focus on the practice. You just focus on you doing that thing. Not whether it's worthwhile, not what it'll lead to, not the future. You commit to the thing. Sweat that sprout. Sweat that one sprout-sized action and commit to doing that. And you know that by simply doing that, you're developing your willpower muscle. So over time, as you start to add other ones and start to develop your level of competence with this, you will get stronger and better at doing that. And here's the thing to bear in mind, because I will come on to my daily act of defiance and frame it in that in a moment, but here's the thing to bear in mind. Say, for example, the 6 a.m. thing for me, or for if it was something you were wanting to do, that getting up suddenly become, you know, eventually becomes something, yeah, I get up, put my feet on the floor, it's fine. It's no longer, once it becomes something you do anyway, irrespective of how you feel, it's not hard, it's not generating that sense of strain or emotion or struggle, it's no longer challenging that anterior mid-cingulate cortex part of the brain. It's no longer a challenge. It's no longer stimulating growth in that area. So we need to find another challenge. 
we need to continually challenge that part of the brain so that it continues to, to grow and to serve us in this area of fulfilling the commitments. So it's about being aware that we can get into ruts. So even if it's something like an ice bath, I've got a nice uh, an ice pod for Christmas. Um, so that's one of my things is to do that, to do the, the daily dip. At the moment, it's a bloody horrible, hard thing I do not want to do. So it's very much stimulating the anterior mid cortex. But at some point, if, I'm not sure if it'll ever happen, but if it gets comfortable, gets something I do, and it's not a problem, then it's I'll, I'll do it for the benefits that I get from it, but it's recognizing that it's not stimulating that part of the brain and encouraging growth. I need to find another act, another thing that pushes me. So here's where I want to bring in my daily act of defiance. And I've talked about this on previous podcasts. It's something I talk a lot about with clients because it gets to the heart of this. In your given day, what I challenge you to do, and what would it be? This is what I want you to think. What would it be? I challenge you to identify something to do that specifically is geared towards developing that part of your brain, to developing that sense of, I am strengthening my willpower because I'm doing this anyway. I'm doing it despite my best, my feelings, my emotions, whether I believe I can do it or whatever, I'm doing it anyway. So it needn't necessarily tie into your health goal or whatever goal it is. Ideally, it'd be lovely if it would, would, because it's part of that. It's, it's something that you can be embedding a new habit through doing this daily act of defiance that moves you in the direction of your goal. But you may have something else in mind. It might be procrastinating over um, some coursework or some work, project work, whatever. It could be anything. But the point of it is, it's got to be something that is small enough, sprout-sized enough that you will, you can push yourself over the finish line of completing that act. And you will commit to doing that daily act of defiance. As the title says, as the clues in the title, daily something you do every day now it doesn't have to be the same thing every day you can mix it up you know it might be weekends it might be a different context to to during the week um, for me it's been the 60 burpees a day for a long lot of years i've mixed it up with different exercises um, it hasn't been perfect i've let i've let it drift from time to time etc but that was something that was a real suck and it still is to be fair when i bring it back in because i'm mixing and matching now with it so i do my daily act of defiance i'm not saying it needs to be 60 burpees or anything to that scale that's a bit nuts i appreciate that it could be getting up at six and putting your feet on the floor not not switching on snooze and putting, not putting your head back down it could be i get up and i'm going to go out for 10 minutes of walk it could be i'm not going to snack between um it could be any number of things and i would love to hear what your ideas are so my challenge to you after we've kind of gone through this idea of, you know, what role does will, uh, inspiration, motivation, willpower play is what could you do to develop that particular strength, that muscle, if you like, um, that part of the brain, what could you do to develop that so that it can aid you in your efforts to achieve the goal, to move you forwards when you don't want to? Because the reality is, more often than not, you won't want to do the things you need to do to achieve your goal. That's just being human. You won't feel inspired to, you won't feel motivated, you won't feel like this is easy. You will just need to do it anyway to move towards that goal. And if it's weight loss or getting fit or healthy, it's gonna be tough. And that's why we need to challenge this part of our brain and also bolster our sense of integrity in ourselves, a sense of belief that we can, I can do this because I set myself this and this is what I do. So that's the reality. Goal, um, putting the key in the ignition is inspiration. Gear one is motivation, your why. Gear two, you need to tap into probably more often than you think because you don't want to do these things for long. 
That's your daily act of defiance. That is your willpower. How do you develop it? So my question again is, what would be your daily act of defiance that helps stimulate that part of the brain and raise your level of confidence and self-belief in yourself? And I'd love to hear if you have any uh, ideas, questions about the, the, the content we just talked about, but also if you have any thoughts on what you're going to commit to, drop me a line, either in the comments um, for on YouTube or like Dave at restlessmidlifer.com. I'd love to hear what uh, your ideas are and uh, get going. Get going with your daily act of defiance and let's move towards the goals. Whether it's 2024 start of, whether you're still on New Year's resolutions, whether you're not bothering with New Year's resolutions, but you have a goal, get started with one thing towards that goal, that daily act of defiance, and good luck. Take care for now. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for all the links and references mentioned. Pop over to davealgio.com forward slash podcast. And if you aren't already, subscribe to the pod because it really helps us improve the reach of the show and help more midlifers get their life and health back on track. And one more ask, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast in your feed of choice or by visiting davealgio.com forward slash review. Any feedback, ideas and questions, drop me a line at dave at restlessmidlifer.com. And one more shout out to Logan Nicholson of musicforthemakers.com for the awesome music for the pod. Take care and remember you really can reshape your health and weight for midlife and beyond.